that's actually what you were talking about income streaming. I found out it was a hit in Brazil because I got a check for like 900 bucks in radio royalties uh, last a year and a half ago. Um, and it's, it says Brazil. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, is this a mistake? <laughs> and then Nick got a, you know, his check because we do, you know, we split it in half. And then we got another check for several more hundred dollars the next quarter. I'm like, oh my God. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Brie Noble. Brie is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Welcome to Female Entrepreneur Musician. My name is Bree Noble, and I have made it my mission to help female independent artists master the business side of their music careers. To that end, we have a great interview coming up from an artist named Marina V that I've been watching for quite a while. And I've just seen her be so innovative in her career, uh, move so confidently through everything that she does, and just really make a name for herself in the business as an independent. I think you're going to learn so much from her successes and even the struggles that she's been through that have kind of brought her to a new place in her career that's even more secure than it was before. So stay tuned for that. First, I just wanted to mention that last Friday, our episode comes out on every Friday, and last Friday, I had a very nail-biting Friday because for some reason, iTunes was not updating our episodes in the store. And so although our episode comes out at 3 a.m. Eastern Time every Friday, it did not appear in the iTunes store until 4 o'clock p.m. on Friday. So I couldn't really promote it um, from iTunes. But what I did want to mention about that is if you subscribe to the show, then no matter what happens with the iTunes store, this episode and all the new episodes will just appear automatically in your device or on your computer or wherever you like to consume podcasts. So I want to encourage you to subscribe to the show so you never miss out and you never have to worry about iTunes being slow. And as you may have heard, we are giving away free CDs and merch once a week to somebody that reviews our show on iTunes. So I'm going to read our winning review for this week, and it's from Nikki L. It says, I love how the show blends being an artist and an entrepreneur. This is an amazing demographic that needs a voice in the podcast community. Rock on. Well, thank you, Nikki, for that. That is a great review. We really appreciate it, and we, we're glad you enjoy the show. Please contact us at brie at femusician.com. That's B-R-E-E at femusician.com. Or find me on Facebook, Brie Noble Music, and I will get you your prize. You're going to receive a CD from Aaron Dickens from our first episode, and it's called Java Jive. If you'd like to be in the running to win, please click on ratings and reviews in iTunes and leave us a review and we will put you in the running. I also want to thank you guys all for listening and reviewing and rating because it helps us get into the iTunes New and Noteworthy, and we have been on the iTunes New and Noteworthy almost all this week, so keep it up. Thanks so much. And one last thing before we get to the interview, I've got something I think you guys are going to love. I have created a creative monetization guide that I put on our website, femusician.com, 
And it's 19 ways to make income with your music that you might not have thought of. So I'm hoping this will really help you uh, get creative with ways that you can make money with your music and not just think that you can only make money by selling CDs and booking shows. There are a lot of different uh, income streams that you can combine together to make a career. And you're going to hear a lot about that from Marina V. So go to www.femusician.com. And on the front page, there's a button that says, get my guide. So grab that. And now we're going to get to our interview. So here's some information about Marina V. Marina V is an award-winning Russian-American pop recording artist, singer, and songwriter who, according to the LA Times, has a hauntingly beautiful voice. She's released several critically acclaimed albums, performed over 800 shows worldwide, has recorded with the legendary producer of John Lennon, co-written with Grammy and Emmy Award winners and platinum artists, and written many songs for TV, film, and commercials, including Pepsi. She's a recent recipient of the Los Angeles Music Critic Award and the Hollywood International Entertainment Award, and an award from Serg Bob Geldof. Based in Los Angeles, this environmentally conscious artist and cultural ambassador is getting ready to release her newest album, Inner Superhero. You can check out all the latest news on that at marinav.com. So that's a little bit about Marina V in the bio. And I want to find out from you, Marina, what is not in the bio that people should know about you? Anything personal? Something personal that, you know, I grew up in a very happy family. I have amazing parents and my city where I grew up, Moscow, is is lovely. And uh, I'm a very happy person. <laughs> that's, that's personal. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And how did you get started in music? You know, my mom says I've been singing before I was even talking. So music kind of started with me just out of nowhere, I guess. So I've always had music in my mind, um, in my in my head. I've always had melodies. I've always written since for as long as I can remember. So it started just like that. And when did you actually go into making your own music and performing and all that? How old were you? Um, I was, um, started, my first performance was when I was 19 years old. I was a freshman at the university and uh, there was a talent contest uh, on campus when the whole campus gathered, um, kind of like a yeah, talent night. And I first time in my life, I performed my song in public and they gave me the first prize and a hundred dollars, I remember. And uh, and I remember some um, fellow students came up and said, wow, the song was so beautiful. Where can I buy it? And somebody said, one girl, I remember said, she said she cried because of my song, how it moved her. And that's the first time in my life I realized, wow, the music I write can actually touch somebody. And from then on, I started doing it. <laughs> Wow, that is such great encouragement to start out your career, for sure. Absolutely. And where, where were you in college? Were you here or in Russia? I was in uh, in Jacksonville, Illinois. It's a small town outside of the state capital, outside of uh, Springfield, Illinois. Okay. And is that when you moved here or were you here before that? I came to America when I was 15 originally. I came here as an exchange student um, on a scholarship sponsored by American government. Uh, and I studied in high school for a year as a cultural ambassador. And uh, so then I went back to Russia when I was 16 and came back a few months later to America to apply to university. It just took two years to get my visas. 
<laughs> that's why I was 19 and a freshman. Oh, I was, I think, 18 when I started college uh, a couple of years later than I should have. But Wow, that's a really cool journey. <laughs> yeah, and, I think so. <laughs> so do you consider yourself now a full-time musician, a part-time musician? And do you, you know, do you have all your income from music or do you have kind of some side projects or side jobs? We have a lot of people listening to this show that want to make money with their music and a lot of them want to have a full-time career. So they're really curious about how you're doing it. For me, uh, I have I do music absolutely full-time. I have never had a side job ever since I graduated from college. I worked on campus while I was in college, but since then I have not. I've been doing, I've been making money solely for music. And it's, uh, is it is as wonderful as it is difficult because there's some months when the income is very small, but then some months when I do really well and I just have to be very, you know, responsible and keep it all spread out. So during difficult months, I can uh, survive. Wow, that's really encouraging. And how many years have you been doing that full time? Uh, 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Wow. See, guys, <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> Some people wonder if it can be done. And I love getting people on here that are full-time musicians for a long time to prove that it can be done. And you're so creative with what you do. So we'll get into that later about how you make it happen. But I was curious, how, what percentage of your fans are from Russia and what percentage from here and how often you go back there to tour? Most of my fans are um, English speaking and I tour in Europe and I go to Russia quite a lot. I go there at least twice a year and I play there twice a year. Um, but majority of my fans are English speaking and are American. Even, you know, here at shows when I perform in America, I usually have a handful of Russians show up at every show, but majority are Americans. Well, I, I noticed you do some of your songs in Russian, which I think is cool. And, you know, that's, I think, something that makes you unique. And I always want to talk to people about what makes, you know, what makes you unique? Because I see so many artists all the time and they don't have a way to make themselves stand out. And I, you definitely do. And I'd love to hear what you think makes you unique. You know, it's very, very hard to be objective when it comes to your own self, right? But definitely because I am from Russia and because I sing in both languages and because my journey is a little bit different uh, than a typical America, American singer-songwriter, for example, it does make me stand out and I have been able to work it to my advantage most of the times. So we have a lot of musicians that are maybe struggling to, to get their career going on here and they would love to hear from you maybe a time that you you feel like you failed or you got frustrated in your career you almost gave up and how you overcame that well um there are actually a lot of those moments because anybody who is an artist unless they're i mean even platinum selling artists they face tremendous challenges often perhaps not as you know paying the bills but other challenges, and it's constantly, um, at times, it, it is frustrating often. So uh, one of my challenges, uh, that very concrete example, was a year and a half ago. Um, as we all know, that because of um, um, streaming services on YouTube and Spotify and Pandora and such, people really stopped buying music in quantities they used to. It, it's kind of a known fact. And for artists like me, whose livelihood really depends on, you know, monthly purchases from my fans of my music, it severely affected me. I remember a year and a half ago, um, I was sitting and I was like, wow, I made only $200 of, from sales. That's it. That's for the whole month. That is just mm. pathetic. And being that I don't have a, a day job, 
this is just devastating. So I'm like, what do I do? This is just horrific. I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? But then of course, I mean, I know this is happening across the industry, just affecting little guys like me more than Taylor Swift's of the world. So um, uh, I was very frustrated, uh, very frustrated and just um, um, upset because I've been working for so many years and here I am almost back to zero you know, and also that was the month when I didn't have any shows. <laughs> so usually when my income comes, you know, from several places. And I think that was the month when I, in between the royalties, so I didn't have any, any of my CSAC royalties. So like, I just had 200 bucks. I'm like, what the hell? This is just horrible. You know, I can't do that. So um, that's when I came up with two things that I'm doing now that is really helping me survive at this point. One of those things is my two songs a month club. Um, there is a thing called Patreon.com. It's a, it's a service started by a musician. Um, basically, it's like a Kickstarter, but it's ongoing. So fans can contribute per, per things that you release on ongoing basis. And everybody can do different things with it. A lot of people release like a video a month three videos a year, whatever, it's, you can do whatever you want. I decided to do two songs a month club, one cover, one, one original. And I asked my fans to pledge any amount they can uh, per song, and I guarantee to deliver them two songs each month. And that gives me some sort of a salary at the moment. Basically, I'm guaranteed to have certain amount of money each month. Um, and I have right now 125 fans who subscribe and um, it's it's been amazing. And that came out of that huge moment of crisis when I had no idea what to do. So that is cool because that is like you came up with this new idea because you were kind of backed up against the wall. And now it's doing so well. How much are you charging per person per month? Uh, I don't charge per person. They have a choice. The minimum is oh. $1 per song. And then they can do it's up to fans. So, so far I make 600 $30 per song. So I make, uh, uh, after the Patreons and credit card processing fees, I make about $1,100 a month from that. So that is amazing. Like if you compare that to the $200 that you got that one month, of course, like, you know, obviously you've done that five times over. That is so cool. Yeah, My health insurance costs me $300 a month. <sighs> like I can't, you know, I can't. It, it, and you know, this, this is now like my base salary. So no matter what I do, I will at least have that each month. And it helps me so much. And I'm incredibly grateful for my fans because not everybody wants to put their credit card on there and have it charged every month, you know, and I, they trust me and I'm so grateful to my fans because without them, really, I don't know, I would have to go work elsewhere. So that's one thing that came out of, you know, they say necessity breeds creativity. And it's certainly true in my case always. Um, I started doing two more things. I paint. I started selling my paintings. I realized that my fans really want to do something, you know, not necessarily just musical. So I've been selling my paintings. I've been custom making them and it's been really great. And it's so much fun for me. It's very creative and I feel really inspired. So I do that as well. And one other thing I do, I started doing um, concerts at my own house, actually. Oh, this I love. I got to hear about <laughs> that also came out of, you know, this period when I was so devastated with no money and I had no idea how to pay, you know, my bills. Um, basically, what I do is um, 
also cook. I just love cooking. It's my passion. And I cook Russian food because I miss it so much. So um, basically what I do, um, I invite up to eight fans to my house. Limit, I limit it to eight because I want to keep it a small, intimate group. You know, I'm not a caterer or anything. Anyway, and I cook a, a Russian dinner from scratch, you know, all organic, um, five dishes, including dessert and borscht, you know, Russian soup. And we'll sit down, have dinner, usually the fans bring wine. And then I perform, my husband and I, uh, Nick, my co-writer and I, we perform for about an hour, hour and a half, their requests that they sent us in advance what they wanted to hear. Or if they didn't send many requests, we just perform whatever at our house. And we usually charge $100 per person. That includes the dinner, the music, and they get one CD of their choice um, for free. So, and it's been amazing. We've had people drive from as far as San Francisco and Las Vegas and Bakersfield. It's, it's been, it's been amazing. I just love this idea. Artists, are you listening? You need to try this because I mean, you may not be a cook, but you could get maybe someone else. That's your friend that does that type of thing. Everybody knows someone that's a good cook, get them to come in and help you with this. It's such a cool idea. Thank you so much. And for me, what I found, it really, um, allows, um, us to have time for me and my biggest fans, it's obviously for the biggest listeners because it's hundred bucks. It's not cheap, but, um, they know, um, they will get a lot out of it. They ask me any questions they want to really get a lot of one-on-one time. They get to eat something like how often do you get a home cooked Russian dinner? So it's, I try to make it unique and very worthwhile for them. And so far we've had a few people return. And uh, it's it, it's been just it's been wonderful, and I do this a uh, few times a year, and it's just just really great for me. I didn't realize how much fun it would be for me as well because I, these are some of the biggest music fans who just love music, so we just spend an evening talking to them like old friends because music unites us, and it's just so awesome. Wow, and to me, a hundred dollars. I mean, you're really making a memory there. You're not just like going to a concert or having a meal. That is a full on evening that is a memory I would completely do that um you know buy that for my husband for Christmas or a birthday or something I could I could definitely see myself doing that so I'm, I'm guessing you're probably going to have to do more of those when the word gets around <laughs> you know what and it's great and on a silly side note uh my husband and I are super happy about doing this because we don't have to drag gear because you know we usually our own roadies and here it's all set up <laughs> That is such a good point. Do you play keyboard? Yep, I play piano and my husband. I play keyboard and I know what it is to drag a gigantic 88 key keyboard everywhere. Of course. And it's not just the keyboard. It's a stand and the piano stool and hooking up the pedal and then and the PA and the speakers and this and that. And it becomes just, you know, it's I love performing, but certainly every time it's a lot of work. So we we just love these as well for this reason, because it's just easy for us logistically. And it's, you know, after playing over 800 shows, it's just nice not to have to drag gear. Right. Well, if you ever end up up near Yosemite, I've already got gear, so you can come to my house and do this. I'll invite six friends and it would be awesome. You know what? We actually do these things in other people's homes. So perhaps you and I should really talk about Ah, it sounds very cool. Because we'll be on tour um, this summer and we'll be near your area for sure. Plus, I love Yosemite and that might be a good excuse to go there as well. 
It could be. Okay, anyone listening, she's going to be on tour. So we'll talk about at the end how you guys can contact her. But I would love to hear about a mentor that you've had along the way. I find that mentors are so integral into, you know, how your career progresses and kind of shortcutting mistakes that you might make. Do you did you have a mentor that really influenced you? Um, yes and no, not a mentor that I go to every time I have trouble, you know, not like, um, that, but I've had a mentor that has kind of guided me and and helped me deal with certain things. It's, um, my manager actually, um, this, his name is David Krebs. Uh, he has been, well, first of all, he discovered and launched Aerosmith. Uh, he's he's managed them, uh, for many, many years, but he managed ACDC, uh, Def Leppard, the Scorpions, even Michael Bolton and Ted Nugent and Chumbawamba and uh, most recently Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So he's a legend among managers. So he's lived, you know, for first of all, he's a very smart man who's lived for many years in the music industry, at the top of the music industry. And he's always um, given me incredible advice. And uh, whether it's when I'm, I was having difficult times or whether I was um, having great times, he would always have something good to tell me that really, really helped. And I'm really grateful for that. That's really cool to have that person around. When did you get a manager and how, when do you think artists you know, are ready to have a manager? Uh, you know, it's so different for everybody. And, uh, I started working, working with him, uh, about 10 years ago. And then, um, he was my mentor for a while. He wasn't managing me. I had a different manager for a while. And then he recently came back as my manager. Um, but I don't know. This is very... Having a manager, I do think it's um, almost like finding, you know, a boyfriend in a way. <laughs> <laughs> but because it's it's such a close relationship when you work with somebody and you trust your whole career to somebody, you really don't want just anybody as a manager. And I, and I have had... Uh, a couple of other managers I tried working with that was just an absolute disaster and just actually frightening. Mm. So I've been burned. So I've been lucky and unlucky at the same time. <laughs> um, I've, I've kind of seen it all and I've seen other artists totally being devastated by uh, certain managers. So you've got to find somebody you really trust um, because there are all kinds of people out there that claim to to know things and and it's it just it's just scary. So that is very true. It's it's so real. It's really hard to know people, you know, really. But you can at least do your homework and and take the advice of people that you know that have worked with the person. Oh, absolutely. And maybe the only advice I could give is um, that's actually what saved me with the two horrible managers I was mentioning. Um, I started working with them on trial basis, like, hey, let's get to know each other. Let's like work for a few weeks together and see how it goes before signing any papers, before committing 100%. Because it is like kind of like a dating period. You Because um, you may talk to somebody, have coffee with somebody, have dinner with somebody, they're on their best behavior, they're great. And then once you really work with somebody closely, only then you really get to know that person quite well and see how they work and how they are. So I think the trial basis without signing any documents or committing, just like dating, you know, before you get engaged or married. <laughs> so what has been the most mind-blowing experience that you've had? Like the maybe the biggest concert that you've done or just, you know, one of those experiences where you're like, I cannot believe I am actually doing this. Oh, you know what? Um, I am 
as the older I get, the more grateful I become of, of things because I think when you're super young, you might not appreciate things as much. But I, I look back at a lot of things I've done like, wow, I cannot believe this happened to me. Or like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got a, I, I, I met BJ Thomas. I don't know if you know who he is. The, oh, yes. Raindrops keep falling yes. on my head. I, yes. I met him um, about a month ago and uh, uh, at a Grammy Museum event. And I met him and I gave him my CD and I just really loved his performance and just his personality. Just like I felt... You know, this guy is amazing. And I never really knew much about his music anyway. And then I tweeted at him and he started following me. So I, he was able to send me a private message saying how much he loved my music and that he would love to work with me. And it's just, oh my. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know if anything will come of it because, you know, people get busy, but just having gotten that just really was so special and so wonderful. And, uh, uh, from, from a, gentleman of his you know stature he's, a, he's an amazing singer what an artist and he's done it for so many years and with such um i don't know just a true gentleman uh and it's it was i was just mindful and i just sat there with my jaw dropped looking at my phone seeing the direct message you know on twitter uh, it was just so so cool uh just i cried actually i got so emotional because you know people you know, very famous people, they're busy and he's has crazy touring schedule. And I don't expect anybody to come out of their way to do something nice for me. And, and here it was. So it was really immense, a big deal. Um, and let's see, I mean, I've had a bunch of cool performances that I've done. But one of the coolest things also, I got to work with a producer of um, um, John Lennon. I, I got to work with Jack Douglas. Um, who produced Double Fantasy for John Lennon and who also engineered Imagine. Uh, oh my gosh. So John, John Lennon's last album. Yep. Uh, his last album. He was there. Wow. And he was the last person to see him alive, actually, that fatal oh day. Uh, and for me, I'm a huge Beatles fan, huge Beatles fan. So when um, that was already, gosh, eight years ago and I worked with Jack. But when my manager first told me that I was going to be working with him, I just couldn't believe it because, you know, I grew up in Russia and it felt like might as well have been on Mars because it was so far away from, you know, from the world of the Beatles, from Hollywood, from everything. And here I am, you know, working with a producer with John Lennon. I just I could not believe it because. Wow, that is so cool. Because You know, I grew up not just in Russia. I mean, I grew up in the very, very end of Soviet Union when things were just incredibly difficult. And in Russia, all we thought in the 90s was how to survive. You know, I was a kid and my, my dad had to work three jobs, even though he's a nuclear physicist. Here it means money. There it meant nothing. So like we were just struggling to survive and never even thought of, you know, dreaming because you really just got to figure out how to eat. So, and then here I am now living in LA and working with Jack Douglas. I just could not believe it. It was just, and still can't, it just, it's really amazing. And I'm so grateful for all these really cool things. That is definitely mind blowing for sure. I would love to hear kind of a breakdown of your streams of income. Since you are a full-time artist, I would love to hear, you know, kind of how your money comes in every month. Like I know you, you're doing shows and, you know, you've got these special, you know, initiatives that you've been talking about, but I'm assuming you're also getting some licensing money, some royalties. I'd just love to get a picture of that. Yeah. Um, well, the royalties, you know, they, they come quarterly. I'm with CSAC. 
and my husband is with ASCAP, so we get slightly different schedules for when we get our royalties. Then, of course, the Patreon money, my two songs a month club, that's been just a lifesaver. Um, of course, concerts. Um, I sell, obviously, merchandise, you know, T-shirts. And and I still sell physical CDs. Some people buy them, and I, I personalize each and every one, and I make sure they buy it from my website. So I, I can personally sign it for them. It makes it so special, especially now when so few people buy physical product. I try to make it worthwhile for them to have it, you know, to buy it. Do you find that people still buy physical CDs at concerts? Because that was kind of my experience. But, you know, I haven't been performing a lot for the past, like, four years. But when I was doing it, you know, when you were in front of them, they wanted to take the music home. Yes, for sure. They still buy, but they buy less. So, for example, before, if I would perform, one person would buy, like, I have several CDs, so they would buy, like, four CDs from me now. They will buy, like, one, you know. So, mm-hmm. but they still buy because it is a souvenir. It is a piece of, like, it's it's piece of it's it's a memory, you know. And I do that too when I go to a concert. I buy something from an artist. I buy usually like a T-shirt or whatever because it's it's a memory of that night. So, and I see people do that, and it's very cool. That's a good point. Do you how much do you sell in merch? Like what kind of items do you offer? Um, I sell um, well t-shirts and I sell really cute girls tank tops. Um, I also sell um, posters. Um, on my website, I actually like my shows they're free, but at, on my website they're like seven bucks because it's just a pain to mail them. <laughs> right uh, because really it's like the whole tube and the thing. Um, but um, I sell sheet music for one of my most popular songs, um, You Make Me Beautiful, which is now actually is a radio hit in Brazil, which is a miracle. Oh, really? Gosh, I played that on Women of Substance like, oh, man, like six, seven, five, six years ago. I, I can't remember, but it was such a great song. Thank you so much. Thank you. It couldn't have been seven years ago, so we just uh, released it in 2011. But <laughs> Oh, was it really? Gosh. <laughs> I know. But anyway, but um, I'm so It seems glad. like I've known you for so long. <laughs> I know. You and I have known each other for a very long time. But yeah, so anyway, that song is, uh, I've that's actually what you were talking about income streaming i found out it was a hit in brazil because i got a check for like 900 bucks in radio royalties um last a year and a half ago um and this it says brazil i'm like what <laughs> like is this a mistake <laughs> and then nick got a, you know his check because we do you know we split it in half and then we got another check for several more hundred dollars the next quarter i'm like oh my god and then we had some fans from Brazil post on my um, Facebook saying, hey, we just heard your song on the radio again. You make me beautiful. It's playing again. I'm like, again, what's going on? And, you know, all of the artists listening, you know, it costs crazy money to get your song on the radio, to get it, you know, a promoter, to get it up there. It's virtually impossible just to get your song on the radio, especially in heavy rotation to get, I mean, to get 900 bucks in royalties, it must have been on, it, it's on their top 40 station. It must have been playing every hour. I mean, that's a lot of money for yes, radio. It's, I had never, seriously, the most I'd ever gotten from radio was like three bucks. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't have, I, you know, the budget, the minimum to get to decent radio play, you have to have at least like 20, 30 grand just for basic radio promotion for regional. And I've never had that kind of money. Plus, I, do, I would rather have spent it on something else than, you know, on maybe having some success on the radio 
it's not even top top 40 i'm talking about like triple a and stuff but anyway so that was an absolute miracle and then the fans started telling me oh yeah i keep hearing it again and again and again so and we figure out which station was playing it and yes it was a top 40 station that's still playing the song not as much now but a year and a half it was all over the place it was amazing now, how did that happen? Was it a total fluke or did you promote it at nope. all down there? Nope, nope. Never been to Brazil. I have no idea how it happened. That's crazy. And it's wow. just, just incredible. The song is really, really cool. We had it produced by a very top-notch producer called Guy Eras. He produced Gypsy Kings. Um, and also the song won a big uh, award from Sir Bob Geldof in 2011. They even flew us out to London to receive it. Uh, to receive the award and to perform the song. But outside of that, it, it was on a TV show called The Good Wife, but it was kind of in the background, so it wasn't like a montage or anything. So I have no idea. I have no idea how that Brazilian radio got it, but I'm so grateful to them because... Wow. Mm -hmm, and that's that's why I thought it was a mistake at first. I'm like, <laughs> it cannot be. I wanted to talk to you about your experience making your your tour documentary that I just saw on the little news feed on your website. Yes. It, you know, um, so now what is it? March? Uh, so last summer, 2014, um, Nick and I did a seven week tour across the United States, um, almost 12,000 miles, 25 states we drove through performing 25 shows. Uh, shows were most organized by fans and sponsored by fans and we got a sponsorship from Toyota because we were doing um, the touring in our little Prius. We packed up all of our <laughs> gear. Prius, Pri Priuses, they're pretty amazing because a lot of stuff fits into them. For, for a small car that it is, it's incredible. So we always tour now Prius. So we have our little PA system including a monitor and um, my piano, next guitar, our merchandise and our clothes, of course, and a cooler with, you know, with food. <laughs> yeah, we're like crazy traveling gypsies, but it worked. And we, we did seven week. We left from home from LA, drove all the way up the coast to Seattle, across the country, up and down the East Coast and back. And, wow. uh, and we documented uh, every stop. We stopped by uh, national parks, some cool landmarks, historical landmarks. Uh, we met some people and we documented all these things. So uh, it's kind of like, it's not even, they're like little clips of me performing, but mainly it's kind of behind the scenes and our traveling and see, so people can get really to see the country and the landscapes and restaurants we've gone to, like we've gone to the city tavern in Philadelphia where the founding fathers used to hang out, you know, stuff like that. We've done some really cool things. And That's it's all in the awesome. documentary. So we just finished making it. We just sold the first hundred numbered copies that I made. I made hundred copies that were like um, ex like limited edition. We just sold out of those a couple of days ago. But we're you know going to be selling more, and I'm going to be submitting it to festivals. I've never done anything like this. We'll see. It turned out really great. We hired a real editor to edit it. Mm. And it looks really amazing. And we used all of my music instrumental versions as score. And it sounds really, really cool. I'm so proud of it. What a great idea. Well, I hope some festivals pick it up Thank and you, you get some awards. That would be so neat. Thank you so much. It would be really cool because I really, I have no idea what I'm doing with the documentary. You know, I've never tried anything in you know in the movie industry i guess i have no right. idea what i'm doing i'm just going to be sending it to whatever festivals i can submit to 
Why not? Yeah. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Plus, it's really fun for us to have it out. It's really fun for the fans. And so I'm really, really excited and very proud. Cool. So what tool has helped you the most, do you think, with your career? And I'm going to give you some examples like networking, social media, um, certain skill sets, online tools, um, courses, you know, certain agencies that have helped you out. Anything in particular come to mind? Uh, I've never taken courses, um, but I would say everything. I think the thing that helped me the most is I'm a crazy workaholic. (laughs) (laughs) I work from morning till night and I love it. I love it. I love doing, I love communicating with fans. I love getting my music out there. I love touring. I love promoting my shows. I mean, I don't love promoting my shows, but I mean, I love when people show up. So I enjoy doing everything. So I think that's what helped me the most because I work a lot and, and I'm not afraid to try things maybe because I came from very, you know, crazy, but not crazy, just unusual background in Russia, really. Things were hard, and now, like, I'm not afraid of anything because because things were just kind of crazy already for me as a kid. So now I'm like, hmm, I'll try it. If it doesn't work, so what? I'll try again. That makes complete sense. When, you, when you've been in a certain situation where you don't feel like, you, don't, you can't see your way out of it, you know, mm-hmm. then now that you're in a situation, you're a little bit more comfortable. It's like, well, what, what's the worst that can happen? I could be back in Russia and my dad could be working three jobs and we'd be looking for some food to eat, you know, yeah. like you've already been there. So it's, it's kind of cool to have that perspective. Exactly. And, and I think, and I'm very grateful for all, you know, the, the difficulties. I mean, I, I wasn't starving always as a kid, but we had difficult times and I'm really grateful for that because it made me appreciate everything I have now, you know, and I think it just, it makes a difference if you're grateful for the little things, because it's so easy to concentrate like, oh no, I, I don't, I've never sold a hundred thousand CDs. Oh, how, what a, what a bad artist I am. Cause it's very easy to think that, you know, but Hey, I sold hundred DVDs within the last two weeks. I'm happy about that. <laughs> oh, and you so should be. I mean, it's so hard we compare ourselves to these major artists and you, you don't see all the people around you that are looking up to you, comparing themselves to you going, wow, I wish I could sell a hundred DVDs. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's always, it's a matter of perspective and it, it is very easy to compare yourself to the most successful one and, and feel really terrible about yourself. And I, I sometimes do. And I just, then I just kind of smack myself, uh, not physically, but you know, mentally it's like, Hey, <laughs> you know, better than to do that. You know, just be grateful for the things you have. Sometimes you need to give yourself a little reminder because I think it's an, in our human nature to always want more, but I think it's, crazily important to remind ourselves that you know and be grateful for things we do already have because otherwise you can never be happy if you always look for something more you can never just you know take a step back and enjoy what you have and if you don't enjoy what you have now then what's the point of living you know that is so so true well, we are almost running out of time but i do want to ask you do you have a book that has helped you either on the business side or the creative side or the maybe self-improvement side that you could recommend to our listeners? You know, I haven't read a book in a really long time on the music business, but when I started out, I read Don Passman's the business, business of music or whatever it's called. It's a lawyer named Don Passman. But the thing is, these days, you don't really need a book book. 
because so many resources are online. Just like um, you can, the Kisilinum articles. Although um, I guess I should plug the book that I can help contribute to. Um, last year, a book came out called. Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the book. <laughs> Sorry, TC Helicon release. It's basically a book for singers. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Singing, Gigs, Sound, Money, and Health. And a bunch of artists like me and a lot more famous ones have contributed to it. And they're basically little um, short stories and um tips on how to do certain things and again it's from how to get gigs to how to manage money how to make money how to do this and that and it's basically all-inclusive book that is pretty cool book and it's not very expensive it's called the ultimate guide to singing that sounds really up the alley of the people listening to this show so i'm definitely going to put a link to that in the show notes mm -hmm. yeah it's actually really cool it's, it's on amazon and everywhere and it was uh, done by tc helicon um and I'm just one of the, whatever, 80 or 60 contributing artists who wrote like little things in there. Now, how can people get in touch with you, for example, if they want to join your Patreon group? I actually have to say, I looked on your website and I was like, ooh, she's going to do Fix You by Coldplay. She's got a song by Willie Nelson. I was really interested. I think I want to join. Oh, very cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then, you know, how can they um, maybe contact you about doing a show in your their area and maybe about the dinner thing where's the best way to get in touch with you the best way is my website marinav.com and uh all of these things patreon and the dinner things it's all there and under contact you can find me right there so it's pretty pretty easy and uh i try to be as accessible as possible um and i'm grateful for any kind of support because really without people who've been supporting me i don't know where i would be now i'm incredibly grateful for everybody's help well i am grateful for you providing all this value to our audience today and i want to thank you and i will talk to you again soon thank you so much brie now go out and make great music connect with your fans and grow your business female entrepreneur musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Bree Noble and music by Stella Ronson. <laughs> <laughs>